0: anything I can tell you is that the best place to hide is in your mind. This is a correspondence which Allie is a seasoned veteran at already but Crystal is a first-time guest. In case anybody missed our Allie episode, do you guys just want to briefly introduce yourself and tell our listeners what it is you guys do? Go ahead, Allie. Okay,
1: (laughs) so I'm Allie Fitzgerald and uh, my co-host is
2: Crystal. <laughs> oh, my whole name, Crystal Winterberg, I guess, but I don't have
1: a cool stage name like you. <laughs> um, I just figure it's easier to carry it over. Um, and we have a podcast called Best Friends Playbook Podcast, which we decided to start doing essentially because I was pretty much just like, I want to do something creative with my best friend because Crystal and I have known each other for over 27 years. and. Her and I just really like watching movies and talking about them and nerding out about them. And I was like, okay, but the podcast has to have an angle. So then it's like, well, we're knowledgeable in friendships. We've been doing pretty well at it for most of our lives. Um, So yeah, now we just geek out over movies and talk about friendships. But I feel also like half the episode is just us pitching about what could have been better in the the film or something. (laughs) Yeah, definitely critiquing involved.
0: Is it hard for you guys to find enough movies with like strong friendship themes or has that not been an issue yet? It hasn't
2: been an issue yet. I mean each like season we like sit down and like throw out ideas but we also do you know television
1: and books so I just feel like it's an endless amount. Yeah we have time to watch them. Yeah which is the other thing we've only hit a blimp once like season two we were supposed to do Pirates of the Caribbean and our brain remembered the movie as like a buddy film, but then as we started watching it, we're like, these guys hate each other.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> movie, move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
0: not but a healthy friendship. Definitely not. Your first three episodes are dedicated to friendships from one specific author slash film series, and that's who you guys wanted to talk about today. Uh, who, who is the author who wrote, like, the best friendships ever that you guys talked about for your first three episodes? Tolkien! Yep, J.R.R. Tolkien. The man, the myth, the legend? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, had you guys, like, read the books before the movies? Did you start with the movies? How did that work? And I have to confess, I've only read part one. I think I read part of Two Towers.
2: I read all Um, the way to the first part of The Return of the King. And, but that was in high school so long ago the hobbit I, yeah. read.
0: I tried to read part one fellowship like when i was 12 years old because i had just seen the movie and i was like oh my gosh that was a great movie i'm gonna love these books and then i made it like not even through the first chapter it was like going through all the history of hobbits and stuff and i was like this is so boring like okay. well, then I
1: yeah. gave it, i was like 20. Yeah. yeah, we uh, we saw the movies first. I actually, I introduced uh, the movies to Crystal because her and I both thought it was like stupid. We're like, we were Harry Potter nerds. We're like, what's this guy with hairy feet and a ring? But then I like watched it and I was like, Crystal, no. You're going to change your mind. <laughs> this is what
2: she said. She brings it over right after Christmas. She got a DVD and she goes, Crystal, you're going to like this. It's not scary. And you see this guy right here, the elf. He's really hot. <laughs> it's like, okay.
0: I like how you said it's not scary. I feel like, depending on your age, it could definitely be scary.
2: Well, like but- I'm one that's super afraid of horror movies, and mm-hmm. I I remember seeing the previews, and you see like the cave troll and stuff, and and it's definitely, I think, um, kind of scary moments, but overall, and I guess the ring rates are, but overall, not um, a horror type of movie.
1: Not enough to traumatize her and give her nightmares for the rest of her life, which I did to her with the movie Ghost Ship.
0: Yeah oh, I haven't seen that and now I definitely won't. <laughs> yeah well,
1: that
2: movie, They'll give me nightmares. Thank you.
0: Lord of the Rings you're was welcome. funny because I, I wasn't allowed to watch it. I think my mom thought it was like too scary or mature or whatever but then you know you're hanging out with your cousins and they all want to watch something and so they showed me the first one and I was like no mom it's super cool.
1: That's so funny that she thought it was like scary because, you know, obviously Harry Potter has, you know, people thought it was like too evil worshiping Satan, but like Christians were obsessed with Tolkien because he's a Catholic. So then they were like, Oh, it's okay. Even though it's the same thing, it's just high fantasy versus low fantasy. Like there's still magic involved. There's like an evil doer trying to, you know, make everyone believe the life that he wants and control people. So I'm like, that was well, pretty a- evil and Satan-y to me.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's like a wizard too, and all those magical creatures. So I don't know what the
1: the religious line is. <laughs> um, Hannah, is that painting behind you on your wall real? Yes, and it is. I- she has the fucking I- white tree. <laughs> I kept seeing
0: that. I was like, is that what I think it is? But yeah. like, so, like, it's so funny because we've been doing work from home, obviously during the pandemic, and we have morning Zoom meetings, and it took like two and a half months oh. for anybody on my, my work meeting to be like, is that the tree of Gondor behind you? So oh obviously no, I work with the wrong. I p- this
1: right away. <laughs> you. Thank you guys.
0: Yeah. No, I tried to like move the dresser, but it,
1: it can't go any farther over. So <laughs> that's fair. I love that you put that. Um, speaking of trees, it's totally fine that you haven't read all the books because Tolkien um, is obsessed with trees. Like, a, like it's not even a joke. Like people say it's a joke, but the joke is because it's real. Like
2: I'm obsessed with nature, too, though. Like, yeah. Trees definitely with the
1: talking trees and stuff, but also... I mean, just- the <laughs> chapter on the ends just lasted forever. Like, in the movie, they're in a meeting for, like, 20 minutes. What was it, like, three or four days in the book?
2: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think the thought is to make it feel as long as it truly
0: was. <laughs> well, the yeah. trees do do everything slowly, so...
2: <laughs> they're not like the evil trees in Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <So>. Oh, Yeah. <laughs>
0: those are good ones. For people who haven't listened to your show, what are the three main friendships in Lord of the Rings as, as you see it?
1: Well, so I mean, the, the main one is Frodo and Sam, because they're like, the, the whole point of the story is, you know, Sam has to get Frodo to destroy the ring. Um, and then we picked Merry and Pippin, because like, I feel like they're the closest to like actual besties. And then I suggested to Crystal that we should do Legolas like, and Gimli um and why don't why don't you say what your experience was with that crystal
2: i was like really hesitant with Legolas and Gimli because i always feel like all they do is argue you know and they have all these issues but then when we actually watched it i was surprised at how well it went how easy it was to see them like slowly grow their friendship and isn't it like one of our biggest episodes now
1: it is the most popular episode on our podcast like we don't even promote it and it has the most downloads compared to any episode. Like, people just go to it and listen to Legolas and Gimli specifically.
0: Oh, I feel like everybody really likes Legolas and Gimli. Like, they root for them, because they're the comedic relief in, in all of mm-hmm. the movies. Exactly. Yeah, I, and the- I wish we had um,
2: added in Aragorn, though. Like, looking back, I'm like, I almost feel like it would have been a good threesome, but at the same time, Legolas and Gimli are their, like, own, they just have their own issues, so.
1: Yeah, because I was like, I I do feel that way too. Because they, Aragorn was definitely a part of that trio, but at least there was more of an arc Mm -hmm. um, with Legolas and Gimli. Like, there were definitely certain moments, like at Helm's Deep, when Aragorn is saying, "Like, we need to support these men to fight." And Gimli and Legolas, we talk about this in our podcast. Like, because they're like so old and they've lived much longer, they have more wisdom about this, and they're also kind of like more dark and less, like, half-glass empty sort of point of view. And they're, like, they're gonna... F- I don't know. Can we cast on your podcast? Of course. <laughs> okay. They're, like, they're gonna fucking die. And they're just trying to tell Aragorn, like, he needs to accept this. And so I feel like that was probably the the only crucial part, was them eventually accepting to, like, be on Aragorn's side. Because, like, they're not of the human race. So they see and live the world differently because they've lived so much longer. And, I mean, even that also affects Legolas with Gimli's friendship. But, yeah, they just have a better... They have more of an arc, in my opinion. And like when we were doing the podcast, I got like super nerdy and went all the way back into like the Tolkien history of why elves and dwarves even have like a hatred towards each other. Um, and it was obviously about jewels. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's always about jewels. It's
1: always yeah, about
2: the resource. <laughs> they're fighting exactly. over right? Exactly.
1: Because go ahead, Crystal.
2: That's just the beauty of their friendship. Is it's all. It all, like, starts around their prejudice and, you know, like, hatred for each other's race, and it just, like, slowly grows into this, like, cute friendship where they're like, oh, I like you despite the fact that you're an elf, despite the fact that you're a dwarf, so.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's what I liked about it, was that it was, like, these two races coming together, realizing that, like, they can love each other's races for their unique differences, and they don't have to hate each other, and that it's just been built into them like ingrained to them in through society throughout history even though there's no reason for that um and then we also had the the epiphany like us being super lord of the rings nerds we never thought about this um when they go to enter um the mines of moria the door into there is say friend and enter in elvish and that's because they used to be friends so I could only
0: noticed that until I listened to that episode, and I was like, oh, yeah, I thought that was just, like, a funny, like, riddle to try to get into the minds.
2: Good job, Allie. She's the one that caught that.
1: <laughs> it was just, like, whoa. Yeah, so it was one of those moments. I'm sure there's a lot of Tolkien fans out there, like, wow, you just noticed that?
0: <laughs> yeah, right, amateurs. No, I like that you went into all the, like, background on elves and dwarves, because I think from my perspective, at least, with fantasy, it's sometimes hard to, like, see those more human undertones in things. You're just, like, oh, there's all sorts of, like, different creatures and races. Like, eh, everyone can be friends, but I think Tolkien was probably trying to draw a lot of parallels to the real world with that, Mm -hmm. um, that sometimes get lost to casual fantasy readers.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I think, like, if you Google, you can find out, like, what his fantasy races represented in the real world, but they're also a little racist now, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, because the, the books came out in, like, early 1950,
1: right? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he relates dwarves to Jewish people, which is really messed up, saying they're greedy. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm saying it's, like, it's really outdated and inappropriate, so I just try to look at more of the happy side, is that Legolas and Gimli learn to accept each other.
0: Yes, <laughs> the stuff
2: that transcends time. Not to mention the, like, lack of females in the entire story.
1: Yes, which is what Peter Jackson and um, Fran Walsh and Philippa Boyens did the best at, was cr- carving out those spaces for women to have a voice in Tolkien's world, because specifically, Eowyn, she's awful in the books. Really? She's so whiny. whiny um, <laughs> Yeah, like, she's just complaining all the time. She's, like, yelling. Mm-hmm. At like Aragorn, and she just comes off as so weak, and it's really upsetting. And then Arwen, she's like a blimp in the story. She's like I,
2: a mystery, isn't she? Like, does she ever really have any kind of like
1: plot line within the books? I mean, she saves Frodo, which is what you know she does in the movie. And then there's like the tiniest hints of you know the romance between Aragorn and Arwen, um, but they don't they don't highlight it like they do in the movie. And I remember when the movie came out specifically for return of the king that's when like all the hardcore like tolkien fans who'd read the books before were like hating on peter jackson's version because they didn't like that there was a romance between arwen and, and um, aragorn they like hated that it existed in the movies i mean did they not get
0: married at the end of the books i think they did i read it like
1: three years ago and i completely forgot because
0: <laughs> <laughs> i I can't see Peter Jackson changing like too many plot points, but I mean, I guess I do like them that he amped up those two characters because Eowyn is like my favorite.
1: She's the best. I mean, he changed one plot point, which I think is, is very major and very different, but I'm happy he did it. Um, I bitched about this to Crystal in the podcast. I had to bring it up. I was so annoyed. So airborne's just running around with a sort of a Celiador telling everyone he's the heir, (laughs) and he's totally fine with it. And he's like, He's like mocking the orcs and stuff with it and the guy, so they're afraid of him. And it gave him no arc then in the book because he's just prancing around saying that. So it was so interesting and beautiful in the movie to see him like struggle to accept this identity of him because he wasn't raised by men. He was raised by elves and that now it was his duty to save the human race. And yeah, it told him. So. really
2: want a king that's like oh I'm gonna be king
1: i'm the best like, yeah <laughs> he also becomes like um a weird medicine man in the third book too where he's like healing everyone so like you know in the movies in the fellowship uh he uses king's foil to help uh deal with uh like the, the ring dark ring. yeah the ring right so like the dark um not magic but it's like it's like i don't know i don't remember exactly what it is but so everyone is getting in the third film like stabbed and wounded and like the darkness is being put inside of them and he like because he's he's a ranger he knows how to heal people so he's just walking around like the medicine man
2: wait another question though wasn't there another like plot point at the very end of return of the king where like somebody kills the the wraith king or whatever his name is yes it's it's a feminist switch right pippin does
1: uh no mary does it in the book and in the movie eowyn does it
0: oh my god, I can never finish reading these books now. That'll ruin everything for me. Mm. That's like one of the best parts of the movie is where she's like, I am no man, and stabs him in the face. But it is
2: also, I'm like torn. I I didn't read that part of the book so it's like, it's cool to see Mary like come that far to where he can do something that incredible but at the same time it's really great that they gave it to a female character.
0: Well true, but I feel like Mary achieved that basically by going out to battle in the first place. Like None of the other hobbits really did that.
2: Him and um, Pippin had like great arcs
1: in that last movie. Yeah, especially like as friends too, because we talk about like they're super codependent, especially like Pippin, so them having to be separated and face their own battles.
0: Yeah, face it alone. Because I mean Frodo and Sam really don't get separated at all during the movie for, for very long.
1: No, Frodo's just emo telling him to leave all the time.
0: Yeah, (laughs) a really great friend there. (laughs) Yeah. Always pushing him away. Well, uh, that makes me feel a little bit better than about preferring the movies to the books. Because I always, like, after reading the first one, I was like, Tolkien really needed an editor to just cut out, like, half of all of the boring history and, like, weird side quests and characters that have no bearing on the actual plot. Mm -hmm. He needed someone to help him, like, keep it focused and also make sure Aragorn didn't start acting like a douchebag halfway through. Exactly.
2: Yeah, I think Philippa Boyan did a great job with that.
1: Like, it it was definitely her and Fran Walsh who, like, really changed what that script was. I feel like Peter Jackson probably made more, like, directorial notes, but it was was the women. I have a side
2: question. Have you
1: guys ever seen, um, back when... Stephen Colbert had,
2: the Colbert report, he had Philip Boyans on, and he did like a face-off of who knows more about Lord of the Rings, and Stephen Colbert won. He was that big of a nerd that he knew more than Philip Boyan. Yeah. That's insane.
1: insane. That's a video you
0: can go watch. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, I have to watch that now. <laughs> so I was like blown away. Listening to your guys' uh, episodes on that, it sounds like you guys are pretty uh, on the side of watching the extended versions all the time a hundred percent
1: I mean I don't even think that it's it's, it's the only movie you watch mm-hmm. it's 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 not the theatrical it's just the other one doesn't exist it's just the Lord of the Rings
2: let's put it this way I have the whole like director's cut or whatever you want to call them the big sets right but then I also have the little like two or three disc sets and I only bought those because they had other behind the scenes stuff on them I've never actually <laughs> watched the movie I just watched the behind the scenes stuff on them
0: That's hilarious. I'm just kind of torn on them because it's so hard to like watch the extended versions all in one weekend if you want to like binge Lord of the Rings. But also I'll be watching like the theatrical cuts and be like oh my gosh like why would we skip over that scene that I know happens here and has very important information. Mm
2: -hmm. It like totally changes the story in my opinion especially the last one with like the ghost people
0: the ghost army. The ghost army and then God, I feel like, I mean, the end of the third one was already really long, but I think the extended version was even longer.
1: Yeah. It's
0: like I think that's where we got the uh, the Aowen and Faramir romance, too. Like, that was completely cut out for the theatrical version, which made me sad.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, it kind of felt a little forced to me, but also at the same time, like, in that middle Evilly world, especially, like, if you're a princess and you're a prince, like you kind of need to, like, eventually find someone. And it would help unite their kingdoms. And she's like, well, Airborne's not here, but you kind of look like him. <laughs> well, yeah, and they're, like, similar,
0: like, societal stature and stuff. Like, and I like them both. I just wanted
1: them to be happy. <laughs> yeah, and they have a little bit of a romance in the book, too. And so I, I feel like it, it plays out well.
2: Is Do, do Eowyn and Airborne have a thing in it?
1: Yeah, she tries to hit on him, but he mentions that, like, he has his feelings for someone else. Taken. Yeah.
0: Taken by an elf. Mm-hmm. Have you guys both read The Hobbit and, and seen those movies? Yes.
1: Yes. Ooh. Hands of the movie.
0: <laughs> Allie, what, what's your beef with The Hobbit? Okay.
1: It's not PJ's fault. It's Warner Brothers' fault. A new one. They fucked him over. So Guillermo del Toro was supposed to direct all of them. No one actually knows why Guillermo del Toro left the projects um there's rumors that maybe it's it's because of the production company was rushing him um and so pj yes we call him pj that's how close we are um <laughs> he was just supposed to produce so he had nothing prepped and Guillermo del Tour left and they had he only had stuff for the first movie so when he's working on the first movie he's having to prep all this stuff for the second and the third movie and his timeline like they were supposed to get like I don't remember exactly, but say they were supposed to get six years. It got cut in half, so they only got three. So he's now rushed into production, and, like, you can find these clips, like, on YouTube, and it's just, like, PJ is just sitting in, like, one of the big, like, auditoriums they're filming in, and he's supposed to be on lunch break, and he looks like he's going mad. Like, he was so stressed out. And so the – I think the movies are terrible, and it's because they're rushed. And there's also something – I can't remember exactly, but there's, like, in the third movie – they created like this storyline to try and like make it a through line connection prequel to the lord of the rings and it doesn't fit or make sense but pj says that he got it from the appendix of the return of the king and i'm sure there was something that like tolkien wrote in there after he wrote the hobbit so it didn't quite line up exactly but yeah like the movies are just all on green screen which the reason why we love lord of the rings is because like you get real world and green screen and it's, they're just, that book is so short, like it shouldn't really be extended to like three movies, like maybe two at the most.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a weird choice. I have not seen the Hobbit movies. I read the, the book when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, I don't, I've just never really been that into the idea of watching the Hobbit movies, sort of because I think from the, the trailers, it looked more forced. Like PJ got the, uh, the director's dream on Lord of the Rings. He got like all the time in the world basically an unlimited budget, got to shoot everything on site. So I mean, I get it. Like that's not normally how movie production probably goes. So I can't fault The Hobbit too much.
2: It was like 10 years of pre-production on that. Like he was writing it long before he ever got it.
0: Right. And he, he wasn't like, he wasn't Peter Jackson when he was doing Lord of the Rings. So that whole story of how that got made is just mind blowing to me. I don't think I don't think you could do that today. There mm-hmm. is like
2: a really great clip though of him in the behind the scenes of Lord of the Rings movies, and he's like he looks stressed, and he's like, you know, no one's ever made three movies at once before, and he goes, and now I know why, and poor poor guy to go do it again later, <laughs> on like ten years later or whatever. So,
1: which is why I think he hired a director because he's just like he knows it's so much work, but. I think that the Tolkien estate, like, trusted him, and he also really wanted to get The Hobbit made. I, I remember there was, like, rumors for years about whether or not he was going to make it, and um, yeah. he he was shopping around to try and figure out who could do it well, and then Warner Brothers and New Line said they would work with him, and then all of a sudden they, like, fucked him over, so it's I think, really, like, a heartbreaking story. I think
2: Guillermo would have done a great job. hmm Whatever. I also don't think, though, that it should have been three movies. It should have been one movie. It, that's it's just was too much there's too much yeah. of it wasn't in the hobbit at all it didn't make like if you want to make another movie that's fine but don't call it the hobbit it
1: wasn't the hobbit yeah, yeah they should have made it something completely different yeah
0: i remember when it came out uh one of my friends who was like very obsessed with tolkien and had read all of the books like multiple times she mentioned like the elf romance or something and she was very pissed off because it was like they were the wrong elf races or something and it just wouldn't have like worked out that way and she said it was all all added in
1: what was the deal with that I think, yeah. well there, there's two issues i have with with elf storylines in the hobbit so I'll, I'll first go with the romance um i can't remember her name so like flippa boyans and fran walsh they once again like did their due diligence and worked really hard they knew that they wanted another female character in the story so the the elf her name's like Tandrial or something she's from like another story that Tolkien wrote and so they pulled her into this um, she comes from Mirkwood with Legolas she's kind of like she's not called this but I think she's kind of like a duchess like she's she's like related to the royal family somehow and she doesn't like to follow the roles but they make her fall in love with one of the hobbits and it's just or sorry not one of the hobbits one of the dwarves <laughs> so
0: they try to do like a Legolas and Gimli but like
1: A heterosexual couple. It's weird. Um, I mean, I also have issues with the fact that they made all the dwarves look really handsome, which is like, (laughs) can't you just make them look, like there were a few that looked like Gimli and then the rest they look like human, but short and bulky and that just, that really bothered me. I was really pissed off about Legolas though. Like, Orlando Bloom's a great actor, but the way that they, and this just could have been because they were rushed or maybe it was an Orlando Bloom issue. But they wrote him in a way that he had so much wisdom and he'd been through like really dark shit. It almost felt like this was Legolas after Lord of the Rings because in Lord of the Rings, he's so innocent. And like, yes, he has the wisdom of knowing as what, what has happened in the past wars and stuff. But he's like, he's way too wise in The Hobbit and it doesn't like line up with who he should be as a person like it's, it's weird and it doesn't make sense. So, like, if you watch
0: The Hobbit and then watch Lord of the Rings, you're going to be like, why did Legolas get less mature
1: mm-hmm.
0: after 60 years or however long between the two? Yeah. Less mature. Oh, hmm
1: Yeah, so I, I don't know if that was a writer issue or if it was an actor issue. I don't know. It was just weird, and it, it really bothered me.
0: <laughs> so what I'm hearing is I should not bother watching The Hobbit because <laughs> it'll just make me sad.
2: I haven't watched it since it came out in theaters. Yeah, I mean... I was so disappointed. I really... I didn't hate the first one, but the second and third one, I was like, fuck this. It's not a thing anymore.
1: I don't know. I think that if you're curious and you... Because, like, one of my friends, he just loves the Tolkien world, so he watches them and enjoys them because he gets to return to them. But... So I, I get that because then, like... He hates the Fantastic Beast movies, like the Harry Potter sequels. I love them because I just wanna be in the world. So it just depends. Like you could if you really, really love like the Tolkien world, you can watch it. But I had just have such high standards because of Lord of the Rings versus Harry Potter has kind of always like disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, I don't expect anything from Fantastic Beasts, and then it, I was pleasantly
0: surprised. Well, yeah, Fantastic Beasts also doesn't have very much source material, so mm-hmm. you can't be like, oh, that wasn't in the book, because the book was just a textbook. like Exactly. Um, how, do you guys know very much about the Amazon Lord of the Rings series that's in the works?
2: Well, it's funny you said that. I remember sending Allie the article about it. Um, all I know is that I'm pretty sure they still haven't got into production, right, Alex?
1: Yeah, they were like supposed to, uh and then the pandemic happened.
2: I, so I, I, that I do love that everybody that they hired for the project are like nobodies, which I think is mm-hmm. super important because I, I don't want to see like John Krasinski's face
0: being an elf or something. So. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yes. and he just, like,
0: stares ironically at the camera every once in a while.
2: Like, that's that's a guy from The Office. <laughs> no, I don't want that.
0: <laughs> no, I, so, I like that he said that. I totally agree. I hate when, when these projects have, like, huge names attached to them because then I know it's just a money-making thing and not an art thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because you have, like, you have a whole world of actors that you can pull from to make these characters come to life, and that's why I love, you know, Lord of the Rings. Like, I think the only well-known actor in there when I first watched it was watched it was Liv Tyler, but she wasn't super famous either. She had done, like, very, like, random roles. She didn't have, like, a type of well, – I guess she kind of had a niche character. Like, she, I feel like she was the first, like, manic pixie dream girl in my opinion.
2: <laughs> she was like Elijah. They were, like, big – not big, but they were independent movie stars. The bigger mm-hmm. ones like, Ian Holm, Ian McKellen, um, Christopher Lee. But, I mean – Obviously, you got to have, like, a really good old guy character. Yes. I didn't look at them and go, oh, I know that guy from, like, I know Christopher Lee is in, uh, what's that Johnny Depp movie we used to watch all the time, Allie? Sleepy Hollow. Yes. He's-
0: oh, that's right. He oh, is in yeah. That. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it better when they have, like, lesser known actors just because it makes it easier to get into the storyline and not get hung up on, oh, there's my favorite actor, or, oh, I don't like that girl because of this one movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I, I pulled up the IndieWire article that Crystal sent me because it's very interesting because uh, the Tolkien Estate, they are very picky about what they will give you and what you can do with it. Um, so there's rumors that, so we know it's going to be a prequel, and there's rumors that it's going to circle around a young Aragorn. Um, oh, really? And it's, yeah, and it'll feature the island of Numen, uh, Numenor, which is like obviously the home of Aragorn's ancestors. Um And they're only allowed to touch the second age. And the second age spans for 3,441 years. And the reason is for that is because that's like kind of the one area that Tolkien didn't create a ton. Because the rule is, is they can't touch what's already canon. So anything they create, it has to stem into The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings and any other things that Tolkien's created. And it can't interfere with anything. It can't change any of the as what's to, already happened in the future. The timeline. Mm-hmm. But it
0: could like, touch on the time he lived with the
1: elves, right? And met Arwen? Yes, well, as yeah. long as it's within the this, this Second Age.
0: And as long as they don't change anything.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it says right here, um, the, Tolkienist, uh, the state of J.R.O. Tolkien has refused to grant Amazon permission to film anything other than the Second Age, as to not alter the history of the more fleshed out Third Age. But you can add new characters and ask a lot of questions like what has Sauron done in the meantime? Where was he after Morgoth was defeated? Theoretically, Amazon can answer these questions by inventing the answers since Tolkien did not describe it. But it must not contradict anything which Tolkien said. What was that, Crystal?
2: I don't want them to answer those. I don't want them to like do a whole Sauron subplot
1: true but i guess they're just saying that like those are the things that they can touch on because like they that's what exists within the second age but they can't touch other stuff
2: right and the other thing is what i like about this series they have to shoot in new zealand well, they don't have to but they're choosing to shoot in new zealand which i wholeheartedly agree with mm-hmm. but you know, the token estate only give them uh like what a couple years like they have to have
1: it yeah they have, they have i a couple it's-
2: years and this is affecting it right now the pandemic
1: yeah, like, I think they only have, like, five or six years or something. I can't feel, I can't find it in the article now, but... Um, like, if they don't get it done in a certain amount of time, the rights
0: revert back to the Tolkien family or estate. Mm-hmm. Is the estate, like, all direct descendants, or are other people involved in that, too? It's
1: um, Yeah, I think it's historic, because Christopher just died recently, so I think it's who, whoever they left in charge of the estate. Well, that's really cool that they're, like, so protective of it, because I could totally see,
0: like, another author's kids being like, oh, fuck it, I just want the money, and then yeah. they make a trash
1: series out of it and ruin it for all the fans. Okay, so here it is. Um, they have to start production within two years of the deal. Right. So since the announcement came out in 2017, that means production should start in November 2019. Uh, so I don't know what's going on exactly, because the pandemic hit. Luckily, New Zealand has, like, almost no cases, so they could potentially be filming that right now. And we just don't know. But yeah, they're maybe they're a little tight. I was talking to my friend about it the other
2: day. Um, and he said that it doesn't reflect that they've started. So I don't.
1: Yeah. So maybe, maybe they're, they're
2: applause. If there's a pandemic, you know. It's just, you
1: know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they've had a little bit of like renegotiations with the Tolkien estate because of this, but yeah. And they have oh, an upset
2: budget. So I mean, if it's not good, I'm going to be
0: severely.
1: Mm hmm. yeah I haven't seen that many
0: Amazon like original series are are they pretty good are they like HBO quality
1: production um I think I mean Crystal and I have both watched The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel oh I love that one the production is high on that show because um did you ever watch Gilmore Girls yeah okay so you know how Amy Sherman Palladino she likes to have like all her side tangents with her characters, like they had all like the random dance shows at Miss Patty's and all that. So, and then if you saw the A Year in a Life with Gilmore Girls, she got to fully expand on that. So in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, on top of her already doing everything for the main cast, we have a lot of like random musical numbers and a lot of like side stuff with side characters. So they went all out.
2: Nice. I I will say though that um, I feel like Amazon Prime is not super, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Educated in the, maybe not educated, but they don't have a lot of experience with like those fantasy or time period shows. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of scared and interested to see how that goes. They're definitely not HBO, but I just, maybe they haven't had the chance. So who knows?
1: That's a good point. Yeah, because like I've only seen so much of Game of Thrones, but visually they did a really good job. And then Netflix, I feel like they're really good with fantasy just because, like, they, ran, they have films that they produce from, like, low budget to, to, like, a really big budget. And they also let their production, like, their creative teams, like, go over budget to create whatever they need because that's kind of, like, their philosophy. Like, they're into going in debt to making really good projects in order to compete with everyone else. So I don't know if Amazon is in that same boat. Yeah, I don't know
0: hopefully hopefully mm-hmm. um have you guys read many of the like other Tolkien works like the Simmerillion or anything like that
1: didn't you try I I had the similarian and then I didn't get into it I really want to I actually okay. just this morning when I was like looking up Tolkien stuff to like wake up my brain someone had posted like an audio version of the similarian on YouTube and I was like oh, I'm gonna check that out um, but I did read some of his, he has a book called like, I think it's like The Lost Tales or something that his son published for him after he died. Um, I read some of those in high school and in college. I don't remember all of them, but I remember um, his his wife uh, inspired one of these like elf characters. Um, it's like on her her tombstone also. I can't remember her elf name now and I just Aww. watched it in a video today, but he has like a story about her and there's like a character that sounds similar to cathedral and i read it like over 10 years ago but it was fun reading the lost tales just because they're these
2: is it just, this one? unfinished tales?
1: It could be. Yeah. It could be. be
0: unfinished tales.
1: Yeah, i don't know like if a it's a big book of short stories basically. Yeah, they're just all centered within um, middle earth because tolkien just like he wanted to create his own version of, like, English history um, and through fantasy. So, like, he has a lot of books. Like, there, I was also saw in this interview today, there's another book that basically started, like, the whole thing for Lord of the Rings. Um, but he has a lot of books out there that surround Middle Earth and different stories that take place there. So, he... Like, it's a bummer that he died so soon just because there's so much he wanted to expand on and create. I think it's probably, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I do feel like it's one of the biggest universes ever created for, like, fantasy.
0: I mean, I would believe that. He created multiple languages for it Mm -hmm. and so many histories, which is just Mm -hmm. insane to me. Like, my brain does not work that way at all.
2: And I'm pretty sure this is the book you're talking about, Allie, because uh, the, like, Subtitle is Unfinished Tales of Numenor and Middle-earth.
1: Yeah, I think that's it.
2: Or of Middle-earth. And by the way, it has first, second, and third age on the back, so obviously it covers all of those.
1: Yeah, I think the one that I just found at like my school library was like a really old cover.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was such a nerd that
1: I bought the like language book. Do you remember this, Allie? I have- oh, shit. Dude, after pandemic, we need to sit down and like learn a few phrases.
0: Is that like a dictionary for the languages?
2: It is like a dictionary, so it has, it has like a rundown of all the different languages, then it has like the Elvish ones, how, it has like an English to Elvish glossary, how to use Elvish, um,
1: yeah, it has, it's very interesting. It There's even goes off
2: like linguistics. We I've,
1: need to be, we need to become fluent in Elvish in the next five years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it can, it, like, teaches you how to, like, write the runes and stuff. It's That's so cool.
0: That would be so cool. You're just, like, doodling, writing elvish runes or whatever.
2: And, guys, guess how many languages he wrote?
1: I was a, I was aware of four?
2: Fourteen. Wow. Of the languages Tolkien invented.
1: That's insane. I, I, think, I think Tron and then, like, another one are, like, his most fleshed out, which is what elvish is or something but yeah
0: the one that Vigo Mortensen actually like learned to speak mostly for I think
1: so yeah that's he's crazy too he speaks like five or six languages I think yeah Vigo Mortensen is goals as like an artist <laughs>
2: <Pretty sexy nerd>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very dedicated I liked that and, and I can't remember which episode it was too but you guys were talking about how like as a kid we all thought Legolas was the super hot one and our moms all thought Vigo Mortensen was hot. And now we're old enough that we're like, oh yeah, what were we thinking with Orlando Bloom? No. Yep. Aragorn
2: was way hotter.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it Crystal, yeah. I think you were the one who said, like, oh, Aragorn's like dirty and <laughs> like so,
2: Yeah. <laughs> so I thought my mom was like, Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> yeah, now like,
1: now we know. Now yeah. we know, Julie. <laughs> now I'm at that
0: age. Learn. Like,
1: my mom liked. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, is there anything Tolkien wrote that like is it in that universe? Yeah, he wrote because when I was watching like this video about him today, he wrote like a couple other books. Like he wrote this one book; it was like a child's book about like this guy who is like a maniac driver and crashes into things. And that was like that was related off of Tolkien's real life. Apparently, he was oh not like the goodness. safest guy behind the wheel and just liked to be crazy. Wait, was this before or after success with like Hobbit? I don't, they didn't say in the video I was watching, so I'm not really
0: sure. I mean, I guess when your world that you're inventing is that involved, it's probably hard to, you know, just take a break and write, like, a, a literary fiction book or something, or a contemporary fiction book.
2: Yeah, it took, like, his whole life to, like, create that world, and in the movie, the Tolkien movie, you know, you see, like, I love when they show this in movies about writers, how it like affects their marriage because the wife's like, you never let me in. And all he's doing is spending time in his own world, creating mm-hmm. it.
1: Yeah. Oh, and this is another one I saw from the video was, um, he did a book about Beowulf, the monsters and the critics. And so there's like rumors that he was actually the one that re-brought attention back to the world of Beowulf. Really? Yeah. So he's, yeah. And then he did a few other children's books and then everything else after that was mostly dedicated to like the world of uh Lord of the Rings so um, what, and he did some other literature stuff too yeah.
0: okay so did did Lord of the Rings and just his his writing career impact his marriage that much then Crystal
2: um what they show in that movie it seems like it did but overall I mean it's very clear they loved each other and stayed together to the end right so how do you really know but I think anytime you have a a really good writer that dedicates so much time to their craft, I think I'm sure it
1: affects your marriage. When it was, it was funny, I was just watching um, an interview last night with uh, Sarah Campbell. She worked on like the shows Supernatural and The Magicians. And she was interviewing Love Grossman who wrote the book The Magicians. And, you know, he was just discussing how like in quarantine he has like less time to write now. And so she was asking him for advice, like, you know, do you actually, does your family suffer from that? And he said, the only way to write is to take time away from others.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So like he has he has kids right now that are toddlers and he's like, I'm either writing or spending time with them. He's like, so I just try and tell myself when I write that the time I'm spending better be worth it I <laughs> hope it works out well. Um, oh my gosh. So I feel like any profession honestly takes you away from your family in some sort of way, it just does it in different ways.
0: That's funny that he said he has, less time to write now during quarantine because I feel like everyone thinks you have more time but
1: it's so hard to get anything done right now it feels like. Well especially for parents home with kids like now they're monitoring those kids 24-7. They used to have like daycare eight hours a day. <laughs>
0: right. And perfect, perfect writing
2: time. on Zoom and learn shit.
1: Yeah I mean you you take care of kids all day Crystal so you know how it goes. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and I get to sit there and watch them sit on Zoom and what do I, I have to like babysit them, make sure they don't fuck with their computers and, mm-hmm. and pay attention to their teachers, yeah, that's
1: what. Yes, yeah, like if it's, yes, yeah, like if it's not you then it's, if or it's not the parents, it's somebody else that's doing it then. Yep. Mm-hmm. Crystal, where do you work?
2: So I work at uh, my husband's family's uh, martial arts studio. Uh, but we have like a huge summer camp and after school program. So usually we pick up kids from school and then bring them back to our karate studio and do homework with them. Well, now there's no need to pick up any kids from school. So they are like there all day on their iPads doing school at our facility. So,
0: Oh my God. What age range are they?
2: Um, anywhere from five to uh, 12, 13. Oh, that's all a pretty,
0: pretty big range.
2: Yeah. It's fun. Not during a pandemic, but it's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, just give them a, a Tolkien book and tell them they, they can't make any noise or do anything until they finish at least one chapter about obscure Hobbit history.
2: It's so sad because like they don't even understand reading like a real book anymore, right? It's all on an iPad. It's so sad.
0: Oh, that breaks my heart. I hate reading books on like a phone or, or a computer.
2: I have to buy a physical copy. Like I want a physical copy to read and look at. Yeah.
1: I actually did get a Kindle, which I, I feel like a Kindle is very different from like a phone or an iPad. Um, and because I also got the one that like has, like it looks like a really old, um, what was those things that like you could draw on as a kid and then you'd like shake it? Sketch. Yeah, it looks like an extra sketch Like what? the background is so vague and oh. the ink is really light, so I forget what they're called, but it's it doesn't hurt your eyes as much, and you can just focus on the book, and my Kindle's also, like, pretty small. so um, oh, I enjoy it. It's, it's only, like, this big.
0: Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely prefer the, the like, physical copies of books, but during pandemic with, like, the library closed and stuff, mm-hmm. I've had to, like, do more ebooks, especially for our show, because it's, like, I mm-hmm. can't just wait. A few weeks for a book to get delivered like I have to read it now so kind of like bit the
1: bullet <laughs> I mean I I think I paid a hundred dollars for that Kindle I would invest in it just because it makes a huge difference not being like on your phone or reading on an iPad it just feels like a mini book so I'm I'm happy with it I still have like some books in my bookshelf that I need to read that are physical and it's nice um but the Kindle doesn't it doesn't feel like I'm reading on a phone do either of you do audiobooks
2: just um for me, I just do ones if it's uh, like a biography and it's the person reading it like, that it's about, you know, like the Tina Fey one or anything. Oh, okay. Um, like if they're more funny. And then the only other one that I did was Harry Potter for our podcast,
1: which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stephen Fry is amazing. I don't like John Dale. You can all come for me, I don't care. Um, <laughs> I've tried audiobooks. Um, And it's no one's fault. Like, I still struggle at doing voiceover work. But I feel like some people, they just don't know how to do voiceover for their audiobook, And so they're, they're reading it very much like a text message or like a textbook. And I just, and I know they're doing their best. Like, they're going above and beyond what they normally would be doing. But it's not enough to keep me involved. Versus, like, Stephen Fry, he, he does all the voices, and, and it's weird, because I tried listening to, like, his Sherlock Holmes voiceover one, and it was very dull. Very really? Dull. Well,
2: and I also feel like it depends on how you learn, right? Like, some people are visual learners, some are audible learners. Mm-hmm. I am terrible at audible learning. Like, I need to mm-hmm. see it and read it mm-hmm. and feel it kind of thing, so uh, I'm not into audiobooks, really.
0: Yeah, and a, I, I can, like, audiobooks really only work for me if it's a super, super engaging, like fast paced story, or if it's something that I don't really have to pay attention to or something I've like already read before. So it's just like entertainment in the background, but I don't think it would ever work with a Tolkien book because there's just so much going on. Like I need to see it to understand
1: it. Yeah. I'm the same way. That's where like, there's only so many podcasts that I can listen to because I feel like certain people can really get me to engage with them and listen to what they're talking about, but otherwise it's really hard to, like, stay on topic.
0: Yeah, you, like, tune out, and then you come back a a minute later, and you have no idea what's happening, because you Mm -hmm. weren't really paying attention. Exactly.
2: I don't know where I was.
0: Yeah. And you can't just, like, thumb back a page or something, like, yeah, you're just lost from then on. You might as well quit listening.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: We're coming up on, uh, where we would normally end this. Do we have any final thoughts on Tolkien or has he influenced, like, Ali? obviously, you do some writing and other creative stuff. Has he influenced uh, you in any way? Uh, well, for me,
2: I don't know if it'd be Tolkien or the movies. The movies really influenced what I wanted to be when I grew up. I, for the longest time, I wanted to be a producer um, making movies just like they made Lord of the Rings. When I got to L.A. and really got into that, you quickly realize that that is, like, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to make a movie that way. Um and that most people that are in the industry are not as happy as they could be. So, so like, I, you know, pulled back from that. But for the longest time, like I said, that was, like, my end goal was to be working on movies like Lord of the Rings. Because it was just so inspirational, so amazing, so artistic. Forget all the business side, because that's the side that sucks.
0: <laughs> How long were you in the industry before you realized that, like, oh, no, almost no one gets to go film on location three movies at one time in New Zealand for however many years it takes.
2: (laughs) Well, I did like, what, five years of college where you you do um, internships and and get to be a part of it. And then I probably did like three or, uh, no. I did like three years in movies, a year in television, and then some years in radio. So yeah, I got to experience all sides of it. And it was fun, don't get me wrong. It just wasn't something I was willing to sacrifice like my home and uh, happiness for, so.
1: Yeah, um I yeah, I same with Crystal. I think it was more the movies. The movies are definitely what got me into acting. Um still doing it. Uh dreams definitely crush once you realize how hard the industry is and it's not what you thought it was. But um there's still at least for me, there's still a way to like I found a really good like acting studio and a community of actors where like we all just care about like the craft and want to tell good stories. And so I feel like it's, it's definitely important to have a community. And I think that going into the producing world, it's definitely hard to find that just because like everyone's trying to one-up each other and it's very like competitive and, and stuff. And so it's, it's hard to find that community. Um, and so I, I feel very grateful to be like on the actor side of it. Um, but that was another reason why I wanted to start the podcast with Crystal because I knew that like Crystal still had like, you know, the creative juices flowing in her Um, you know Crystal's like she's a very very good with coming up with like visual stuff for like our podcasts and generating a lot of ideas and stuff that we do and like Crystal's way better at like words than I am so she like helped create like a lot of our log lines and like um, all that stuff so like with a lot of our marketing like I lean on for her like I give a lot of the technical support but she comes up with ideas that I wouldn't even think to come up with and so I'm like glad that we can do this together so crystal still gets to do producing stuff but in her own way and be the boss which i think yeah. is important
2: and she lets me like read her scripts so like that was one of my main things i love doing when i worked in the and reading scripts and then pitching them to my bosses right so getting my mm-hmm. scripts and see what's wrong with them um
1: edit ali's things when she does give them to me oh yeah i gave you a script recently when i did that like S- or that short film competition I forgot about that I still have other stuff I have to send you still too one <laughs> day we're, g- right. we're gonna get one of Crystal's films made once I get my production company going and she oh, can do yeah. it however she wants yes. Oh, that would be amazing and then Crystal can be a producer and she'll be the boss and she'll be like nope you're Wait. not nice you can't be a part of this
0: <laughs> that'll be like the dream production company the one where everybody's nice and supportive and mm-hmm. wants to make a good product and not just money mm-hmm <laughs> yeah you guys are really good with your marketing I don't know which one of you is is the one behind like all the photo shoots that you guys do for each episode but I love those how you like do the costumes and everything
1: um they're mixed
0: uh, together
1: yeah together um like we come up we come up with the wardrobe ideas together and then like we figure out the poses together and then um my my boyfriend Carmichael he's a photographer and he's taught me a lot of stuff to do in photoshop and I mean, a lot of the time, it's just putting on like a, a color LUT, which is like a, a pre-generated like color profile and then you tweak it and then it makes your photo look amazing.
0: <laughs> so you don't have to be super, super Photoshop savvy to, to make it look yeah. good.
1: It's mostly that like the, what sometimes some of the thumbnails Like, cause we have like this wall that we shot in, in front of in, in my apartment. And like, I thought visually it would be good. And then now it's just kind of frustrating me. So sometimes Carmike will help me change the background or something to make the the photo pop more and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, our first photo shoot was definitely a lot better. So we'll get back to that. You guys
0: have season, season two coming up or season three? Three. Three. Okay. Has it been hard, uh, like preparing for that during pandemic? Well, we just started
2: pretty, what, like, a week ago was when we really, like, pl- plotted out all of our episodes. Yeah. Um, so we haven't really, like, started it yet. It is definitely going to be hard trying to figure out how to do the artwork. Like, that's something yeah. we're trying to figure out if we're going to, like, shoot it separately and put them together or just, like, not have artwork or, or what we're going to do. So...
1: Yeah, sort of figuring it
2: out. is isn't the hard part.
1: Yeah, we also, well, I mean, we put something on the schedule that will be... 'Cause I don't know if you have to rewatch it, but it'll be a lot for me. Me? No, it'll be a lot of work for me, but I don't know if you have to rewatch it.
2: Yes, I have to rewatch it. Yeah. Oh, okay. You can just say it.
1: Yeah, we're doing we're doing how many friendships from Game of Thrones? Oh my gosh. I was like, what is gonna take them so long to watch? But yep, that'll do it.
2: Was I it six? Of Thrones. Allie's never seen Game of Thrones. No, 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 you've so like, like,
1: never seen Game of Thrones. I've seen like seven episodes.
2: Out of order, not anything, right? Like in uh,
1: no, In Order. So I've seen like, I've seen most of season one. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I've seen like a few things over like Carmichael's shoulders. He was watching them, but I don't remember them at <laughs> all. And then I know tidbits just from like pop culture.
2: Yeah, we talked about doing four friendships. Four, okay. And those were just the ones off the top of my head. I have a feeling once we get into it, I'm going to be like, this, why yeah. did we do this? Or what? maybe we should not do that one and do this one instead. So I don't know
1: yes we'll see but yeah so that i think will be that's the only one for season three that'll be the most challenging
0: yeah that's gonna be time consuming yeah mm-hmm. which
1: is why it's going towards the end of the season
0: yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. but you're in for a treat i mean i wish i could see game of thrones again for the first time i know i know <laughs> I, I'm, it's gonna be watching the last season
2: is gonna be like the second time so i feel like it's gonna be brand new again the first like three or four episodes were like <laughs>
1: yeah, you are. Yeah, if it could have just ended there. Yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> yeah, and then um, I guess we'll let your your audience know. Hannah is going to come and guest on the Best Friends Playbook podcast because they really want to do a scary episode for Halloween, and Crystal's scared of scary stuff, so. Uh, Crystal was kind enough to let Hannah come in and do, uh, we're going to do Stranger Things and the new movies of It. And Both of work. which I love. I
0: just happened to be rewatching Stranger Things and just finished the third season again, which
1: got me all stoked about it again.
2: And that's going to be our first episode, right?
1: Yes, it's going to launch us into season three, so I'm excited for that. Just because like, I wanted to do something timely for Halloween, and I love scary movies, and that's where Crystal and I become opposites. It's not it's not her bag. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I will happily re-watch both It movies for you. I'm excited to do that. That'll be a lot of fun. Where can people find your, your show? It is on Apple Podcasts. It's on um, Spotify. It's on Stitcher. It's on... Google keeps changing what it's called. I think it's now just Google Podcasts because they they had like Google Music and then they switched it to Google Podcasts. So it's whatever your Google app is. It's on Libsyn. So Libsyn has like its own website. And then if you want the video version because we've been in quarantine, I've been posting the video on my YouTube channel under Allie Fitzgerald if you want to see off faces. Oh, that's Um, really cool. I didn't know you guys were doing videos. I'll have to start watching it on YouTube now. I mean, Zoom just gave it to us, so it's like, might as well put it up somewhere else, so then maybe someone can find it on YouTube, and then in the YouTube videos, I link to like all the audio versions, so that way they're like, oh, now I can listen to it when I drive or something. Yeah, nice. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Plus, we have the social medias, Best Friends Playbook podcast. Is it podcast, just Best Friends Playbook?
1: Um, Instagram.
0: I I never know what our Between Lewis and Lovecraft, like, official names are.
1: Well, and they also, like, limit your characters and stuff. Um, okay, so for Instagram, it's Best Friends Playbook, and then for Twitter, Twitter was so annoying, because we have, like, a (laughs) lot We do. I post on it sometimes. I try to be consistent with it. Um, so with Twitter, it was annoying, because you only get, like, maybe ten characters. So... I don't know what to change it to, but for now it's at best playbook.
0: I didn't know Twitter limited your characters that much on your names. That's yeah. It's
1: obnoxious. So you can just search best friends playbook and you'll find it. But the at name is that.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about uh, Tolkien. We have still been putting off doing our, our between Lewis and Lovecraft episode on him, just because I know it's going to be like so much to cover. It's a lot. It's going to be a two-parter.
1: Yeah, because he has a lot of other work, so I don't even, I feel like you guys might just need to hone it in on, like, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and maybe one other thing at most, but don't expand on his other literature that he did outside of that.
0: Right, and I feel like since Tolkien fans are very, like, the hardcore fans are very hardcore, and so if you say anything wrong, they're gonna be all over you, so.
1: Yeah, I would say watch the movie that came out about him a couple years ago um because I was researching some life facts and the movie actually doesn't steer that much away from his real life they kind of changed some things I think for more dramatic effect and then they put in some like they tried to put in little tidbits to make it seem more personable or cheesy related to Lord of the Rings um but I feel like they they did a they did a pretty good job of trying to tell his story and make it interesting so I would like watch that and then like read his actual bio to see the differences, but at least you get like a visual companion with it.
0: Is yeah. the movie like a documentary or do they have like actors playing him and the other people in his life or how does that work?
2: It's, it's actors playing him. Um, it's great because it really uh, kind of focuses on his like little friend group um, mm-hmm. that come up together. At
0: so Austin. C.S. Lewis is in it probably.
1: <laughs> No, no, it's his, like, childhood friends.
0: Oh, childhood friends. Okay, so not his yeah. his
1: writing group. Yeah, Oh, uh, no, I thought it was his, is it not his writing group? No, so the so the ink, I think it's called the Inklings. Oh, the no, Inklings. That, that would have been C.S. Lewis.
0: I think that yeah. was during camp yeah. time, or Oxford.
1: Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. That was, like, his writing group when he got to Oxford to teach, but in the movie, they focus on his childhood, and then when he goes to war, and yeah. then there's, like, Ten minutes (laughs) post-war.
2: Oh my gosh! Yeah, I actually really enjoyed that movie, though. I thought they did Mm -hmm. a a job of kind of making the correlation between what he experienced in war and what he put in the the books.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: How what I really liked was how it showed the aftermath of war, right? When Mm -hmm. a soldier comes home and the way they deal with their pain and their PTSD, yeah,
1: because he lost all of his childhood friends except for one.
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah. So you, you can see the effects on how that is in in the movies. Like, you know, Frodo is forever changed from the war and how that affects him. Um, and so I feel like the, yeah, like Crystal said, the film does a good job with all that.
0: Oh, cool. Well, I'll definitely have to watch that when, when we finally get brave enough to
1: (laughs) tackle Tolkien. I know. I don't know if I could do your guys's podcast. Like, you guys do books and then like the life of authors that's intense it's
0: really hard it's like okay i have to read a biography and a book by this person in two weeks
1: no pressure that would be like if crystal and i started doing like episodes on directors and stuff like oh so much God. like films and movies oh to watch <laughs> maybe to
2: divvy it up we'd have to like divvy it up. yeah like that.
1: Oh. exactly oh
0: yeah maybe a maybe, uh, season four you can do that maybe <laughs> after you prove yourself that you can watch what seven seasons of game of thrones <sighs>
2: eight
1: eight we'll geez eight, eight. Mm-hmm. well we'll 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 say in the middle of season two we're not going to do that to ourselves again and then something <laughs> big is going to happen in season four it just happens. we do that to ourselves every time mm-hmm. we said no more tv shows what are we doing in season three, <laughs> three. eight seasons of game of thrones
0: <laughs> and like two other tv shows two or three yeah we are yeah. well thank you guys so much for hanging out and chatting with me this morning i really enjoyed it thanks
1: for having this was us. super fun thank you if
0: there's
2: anything i can tell you is that the best place to hide is in your mind